Welcome to If The Walls Could Talk, a series of conversations about smart buildings, connecting key thinkers in the property industry with each other and with you. I'm Jules Barker, Global Director of Product at WideScore, the certification company dedicated to making the world's buildings smarter and better connected. In this series, we're bringing together experts in the industry to discuss topics like planning a smart building, choosing the right technology, how to be user-first at design stage, and how to reduce the environmental impact of smart buildings. And it's sustainability we're talking about today with my guest, Jeff Vittorio, Vice President of Property Management at Columbia Property Trust. Jeff, welcome. Nice to meet you. I wonder if perhaps you could start with just giving us a bit of a, an overview of what your role is at Columbia. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm the Vice President of Property Management. Um, we have assets and management teams, like you said, located in gateway cities in New York City, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and Boston. And we own and operate and develop office space for many exceptional and groundbreaking companies throughout the U.S. Uh, our management team is constantly collaborating with our investment, leasing, and development divisions to deliver best-in-class assets. We're talking about sustainability today. One of the things that I always find a little confusing is that there are two terms we talk about. We talk about sustainability and we talk about ESG. What's your read for yourself in Colombia about what the difference is between them? Sustainability is very focused on energy output, monitoring of greenhouse gases, reducing our carbon footprint. So we're constantly monitoring data, measuring it, and managing it to make sure that our buildings are optimally running efficiently. Um, we also do procurement of utility uh, services and we're watching the markets and brokering contracts to do the best deals that work best for our assets. As far as ESG, we feel that that's more focused on uh, the employees, the tenant base, the community, and we like to you know, think of ESG as creating a comfortable work environment, emphasizing safety and adding features and technology to ensure an experience that everyone can thrive in. And we also seek opportunities to serve our community and pursue diversity in our business relationships. That's a pretty broad coverage. What role do ESG and sustainability play at Columbia? So our sustainability concentrates on, you know, lead and well, fit well, energy star achievements by constantly monitoring and tracking our utility data. We have a team of ops managers responsible for reporting that data regularly. Uh, Columbia utilizes a number of different platforms to track and monitor the data and report the use. Uh, additionally, we're committed to pursuing a comprehensive approach to health and wellness at our buildings and to providing our tenants and their employees reassurance that their buildings are capable of providing safe and supporting work environments. You know, therefore, we are pursuing third-party recognition for our entire operating portfolio under the industry-leading building uh, benchmarking programs. And furthermore, we use in, uh, indoor air quality monitoring environmental policies to adhere to our property, uh, property operations. As far as our ESG, Columbia has created a committee for diversity, equity, and inclusion. We've established working groups with specific emphasis on education and awareness, community outreach, opportunity for our hiring practices and existing employee advancement, and also responsibility committee, which focuses on tenants, investors, and vendors. We've Im implemented a comprehensive supplier diversity program at Columbia, which will be able to attract and cultivate relationships with suppliers from diverse backgrounds, ensuring that they are included in our, in our sourcing and procurement process, and that we can measure and report on, on our progress towards specific goals. One of the things I thought was uh, I picked out from what you just talked about was, was suppliers and tenants. How do you think 
over the last couple of years through the pandemic that their expectations have changed around sustainability or ESG? We have reimagined our approach to tenant service from the ground up across our portfolio and are aiming towards creating a, a much more hospitality-inspired tenant experience for the companies who choose Columbia to provide for their workplace. Um, our approach is designed to ensure our building occupants feel like guests from the moment they walk in the door and throughout uh, every point of their interaction with the office environment. We've got team members at every property dedicated to cultivating strong relationships with our tenant companies and providing them with a familiar face who can promptly manage their needs. We like to strive to provide a mix of service programs and amenities that foster a thriving, connected community at each property. And how much do you work with your tenants in terms of sharing data backwards and forwards to meet their needs? It's critical to communicate with the tenants in every way to reduce the energy because uh, they make up a large load of that utility output. So we collaborate with them uh, on our customer service plans, on our utility tracking plans, educate them to make sure that they are aware that their portion of, of utility output is, is directly impacting not only the scoring of the building, but the, uh, the city that they're in, the community, and the planet as a whole. So uh, again, we, we intensify the tenant-facing program that we have with them, so we're getting in front of them, providing a more welcoming experience at the front door, and enhancing our package of service amenity offerings that support uh, Columbia's full ser service office initiative and overall property environment. Columbia's a developer as well, isn't it? So um, when you're working with your tenants in the way you just said to redu collectively reduce the in-use um, carbon emissions of a building, how do you at Columbia link that through the whole life cycle, the embodied carbon and the in-use carbon? Is that something you, you monitor? Our development team also follows best practices for lead and um, for the design uh, achievements. So the products that, that, are, that are put in place to design the building are definitely thought through carefully by that team, uh, purchased, and in fact, in a particular building in Washington, D.C., we in fact did install a uh, timber addition to, the, uh, to an already existing steel you know, building. Starting with development, leading all the way through a uh, life cycle of the building in terms of our ownership, you know, all aspects of sustainability are, are thought through. Thinking generally about the kind of interventions you can make, Jeff, uh, in terms of small changes that have a really big impact, what do you think are the interventions or the investments you've made over the last few years that have had the biggest impact on your sustainability and your ESG outcomes? The pandemic played a role in that. Trying to install a lot more touchless features in restrooms, um, touchless access to the elevators, destination elevators. We've installed bipolar ionization in our air handling units and our elevator cabs to you know process the air contaminants much more effectively than they were with the original design of the building. Our energy management systems are tracking real-time usage they're creating profiles that can be monitored, alert the engineers, and we can act on it if consumption falls out of line. We also do real-time indoor air quality monitoring, and in during our design and construction, advancement in curtain wall installation. What tips, what advice do you have, or what asks do you have of the industry as a whole to drive to better ESG outcomes? Every real estate company has has a, their own investment plan, so it's, you know, follow that investment plan, 
navigate through legislation, enter into contracts with outfits designed to guide you through the sustainable practices, and create a working environment that believes in environmental, social, and governance practices. Um, you know, that's something that Columbia really, truly turned the corner on in the last several years, that we wanted to be best in class for that those practices and be an industry leader in uh, sustainability and ESG. Somehow, Jeff, you make that sound easy, and I'm not sure it is. What are you finding difficult as a company, and, and maybe where where do you where do you need help from elsewhere? Well, uh, certainly legislation in all the all the cities is different, challenging to navigate through, and you know to find our way to to achieve you know the different local laws in New York City or you know um, you know in San Francisco there there are certain requirements. Um, you know, you're constantly working with a lot of different service providers and in order to, to achieve your goals and to track all that requires a team of people within Columbia that I'm a part of. Um, and I can tell you that the team that I work for is exceptional and they take it very uh, seriously. And, and um, you know, I think the, the entire company has truly bought into our desire to again, be a, a world-class leader in, in sustainability. If you had a magic wand, Jeff, and you could, you could wave it and, and change one, one fundamental thing about the way we build and operate buildings, what would that be? Well, certainly, um, you know, the, the world's desire is to limit fossil fuel usage. So, you know, to create a uh, power structure that's, that's you know, going to support Climate change is something that I wish was a little easier. You know, achieving renewable energy credits um, is is one aspect of doing it, but I think that they're still at the very beginning, uh, you know, stages of all that. It seems to me there's a few ways that technology can can lean into helping with the the climate crisis that we're facing. There's about monitoring and understanding what's going on, but there's also about affecting change in the building and, and making it run more efficiently day to day. Which of those two do you think is the more important thing or are they impossible to separate? I think they are impossible to separate. Uh, you know, you, they no, no matter what systems you put in place, it needs to be tracked and monitored. And But then you need everybody that's in the building to sort of, you know, be, be part of that plan. Um, tenants need to, you know, respect the, the, the desire of, of, of trying to, you know, be an energy efficient building. Um, and, you know, without, without, we could, we could put all the, you know, different measures in place, but without the tenants buying into the overall uh, desire to lower our energy consumption, we're not going to achieve the results that, you know, we, we would like. Jeff, when it comes to retrofitting, there's often a decision you need to make, which is you're going to use a whole load of energy replacing an HVAC system or a lighting system. And the payback in energy terms is that you've got a more efficient system. But often there's a, there's a question to ask, is it worth doing it? Or are you going to use more energy in the retrofit than you'll save in the operations? How do you think about that? Well, we do analysis for that. So uh, a capital project outlay may in fact cost a lot of money, but over the, you know, period of the, of your hold, you know, will the offset and energy savings, you know, occur? 
We constantly are looking at our utility companies for incentives because they offer uh, plenty of incentives to do capital projects, you know, new mechanical machines for HVAC, lighting retrofits. So you try to subscribe to those incentives and, um, you know, that can help with your cost savings. There is a balance between the amount of money you're going to, you know, put out for a capital project on an improvement and the savings that takes place because First and foremost, there is an investment here in the real estate, and you need to make sure that uh, you know you don't go off the rails on that investment plan. That's really interesting. Thank you, Jeff, and um, thank you very much for uh, for joining me today. I think that's probably about all we've got time for. the The big thing I'll take away from this conversation, I think, Jeff, is how simple you made it seem to get this right. Have a strategy and stick to it, and I think that's pretty good advice for anyone. So, thank you very much. My pleasure. Well, that's it for this episode. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to If the Walls Could Talk using your usual podcast provider. Thanks for listening.